You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Use the force because we're having another Star Wars big themed episode. So fly away to Neverland using the force. And I, of course, I'm Jeremy Head Lost Boy around here. You can call me the Spider Pan. And if you would like to get your own nickname, please come and visit the website neverlandpodcast.com where you can choose your own name as an official lost boy or a pixie because we have pixies around here because girls are too clever they don't get lost and we're not flying to neverland alone this week we have some special guests with us of course you all know lost boy philip already hey there phil hey and of course we call him the kryptonian because he is the superman and he's a superman anyway why thank you (laughs) And, of course, hey, guess what? We haven't talked to him in a long time, but Michael Emke, head of the Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective. (laughs) There you go. And host of Wookiee Radio, (laughs) along with some other shows that I can't keep tracking. does so much stuff. And we're getting, yeah, you have to at least say hello. You can't just talk like a Wookiee the whole time. (laughs) Well, maybe you can. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) Oh, <laughs> good. And unfortunately, I don't have uh, my devices out here where I even make my stormtrooper noises. I haven't quite unpacked everything, I guess, here, have I? Where did I put that stuff? Oh, well. well the whole Star cast can understand Wookiee, so can we. <laughs> there we go. There we go. about this. <laughs> we're going to have to leave it to you for all of our Star Wars sound effects, because I don't have any of mine unpacked at the new house. <laughs> well, this is the first time you're getting a look at the new studio here. Uh, I should have panned my camera here on Skype around and say, look, it's the new studio. It's smaller than the old one. And I actually got it lit up better, I think, than any time I've had before. That uh, Because I've been on Wookiee Radio. We've had like a, a panel thing that you were putting yep. together. Uh, yep. Smugglers. Something. Smugglers Alliance. Yeah, which we haven't yeah. done that in a while. Uh, we have. We've done a couple, but it's been during the times that you said you were working since we yeah. record. That figure done it. Well, my schedule is different now. Cool. We'll talk after show. Yeah. Uh, Although I do get in bed by about 7 o'clock now because I wake up at 3 o'clock to do early morning radio. Yeah. So weekends are are optimal now. Exactly. (laughs) But we got so much stuff to be able to review. And as the show goes on, it will become more and more spoilery. So for starters... We want to jump in and talk a little bit about Jedi Fallen Order, even though I might be the only person that's played it as far as I know. We'll talk a little bit about that, even though I haven't finished it. 
we can go in and talk about The Mandalorian, because I'm assuming, if you're listening to this point, you've probably watched the entire series. In fact, my wife just actually yesterday, because she's off work being a teacher, she sat down and watched all eight hours of The Mandalorian yesterday. Uh, And then after that, probably the thing that we figure by now, it has been, what, three weeks? There's no way we're spoiling The Rise of Skywalker, so we're going to deep dive into The Rise of Skywalker and get more personal on different uh, things we thought about specific scenes, which probably I should have watched it more than one time by now. I know Phil saw it at least like three or four times the opening weekend. I saw it three times the opening weekend. I went out on New Year's uh, Day and saw it for the fourth time. <laughs> so, and Mike, how many times have you seen it now? I've seen it once. Just once? <laughs> Just one time, yeah. <laughs> Philip will probably be our eye for details then. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> Now, how, how far are you on Jedi out Fallen Order? Uh, I let's see. The last thing that I did on New Year's Day because I spent half of New Year's Day just playing the daylights out of that thing. But I got stuck on Zepho on the second time you go to Zepho, and I was trying to figure out how to get off the planet. I also had an issue where uh, I because all right, the, the combat. I mean, there's there's like multiple type of game formats I could compare this to because it's a little bit of Uncharted with some of your maneuvering yeah. around. A little bit of Legend of Zelda with some of the temples and puzzles to solve. And then the combat's being compared to things like Dark Souls and stuff like that. And I I got into a, a bit where there was this purge trooper there. And I dueled him, beat him the first time, first try. And then these little things that I just call giant rats, basically, came out oh, of yeah, nowhere yeah, yeah. behind me, bit me, finished me off before I could heal. So I then had to go back... And refight that purge trooper, and then suddenly I couldn't beat him anymore, and it took me like three or four attempts to beat him. Uh, but I finally got through that, but then I got entirely lost on the planet, trying to find my way back to the ship. And uh, when I finally found out the right path I was supposed to go, I actually got captured, which I guess is part of the story, by a bounty hunter named Null Chance. And that is actually where I left off. So I'm in the, when I pick up, maybe tomorrow I'll get a chance to play. I've got to uh, now, I guess, escape from Null Chance without my lightsaber. And I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I, I'm on Zepho for the first time. Oh. So I'm, I'm, still, I'm still early. You're still very early on. What's your early impressions? I'm loving it. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm thrilled with it. Uh, I, when I got it, I, I started playing it. I'm like, okay, I need to put this down and go back and finish the campaigns on uh, the the resurrection campaign on Battlefront 2. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I, I found out I was on the last chapter. I was like halfway through the last chapter. So I needed to finish it before I went back because if not, I would never finish Battlefront 2. <laughs> makes the campaign. Yeah. That so I, I want I want to finish that, and then as I did, they load up going, "Hey, we got the new expansion with another." I'm like, "Oh, great, another campaign!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't played yeah. Battlefront two in a while. I haven't checked out what this new yeah. campaign would be in. Then uh, you got, uh, it's one, those, it's a, yeah, one at a time. All right, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was gonna say they have the red armor. I saw that. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a twenty five dollar upgrade. Woo. Yeah, it's an actual upgrade to the game. And then it gives you the next set of and then it'll continue with the uh the normal um DLCs after. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a it's a it's supposed to be a m- major upgrade that's got all the rise of resistance stuff in it. 
Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. so there's something to add to my list of things to do at some point. Of course, I still need to... I, I had started playing the LEGO Force Awakens game, which I've had that game for, like, years, and I just never sat down to play it. And I just sat down to play it as I got moved into the new house, and then my wife got me Jedi Fallen Order for Christmas because I asked for it. So I'm like, uh, okay, well, I should really finish the Force Awakens. Uh, never mind. Jedi Fallen Order! <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm loving the story so far with it. Yes, it's oh, and they, of course I love the good voice uh, cap, yeah. mo- the motion capture with the voice acting as always makes a game better. And, and they hit you with the twist right from the start, mm. which I, I'm like, because the one character I've seen in the different gameplays and some of the other trailers, I'm like, okay, cool, this is a great NPC. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get the twist. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Really didn't <laughs> see that. <laughs> And uh, so. yes, it's it's the interesting thing is uh, what they now call the Metroidvania style of game, where as you gain new force abilities, you are able to get, you have to go back and revisit planets because you now can unlock new areas because yeah. now you've learned to force push. Now you've learned to force pull. Now he's remembered his master training him how to run along walls. And I really yeah. enjoy whenever you're about to get a new Jedi ability because it's important for the story. You can get to play a flashback with his old master. Which uh, is very cool that it's the same race as Zeb from Star Wars Rebels. I cannot remember yeah, the yeah, races. Yeah. So it's very cool that your uh, master was them, one of them. And so you get to go and learn the ability in the game as you get a recap of Cal being a child, learning as a young Padawan all these different abilities. So it's very, very cool how this is set up. And challenging. And I like the first boss fight I dealt with. And you're on Zepho the first time. So you, yeah, you would have dealt with this. But this, this giant lizard monster is the first real boss that you have to fight with. I think it took me like five or more times to figure out how to beat that boss. And it keeps putting the reminder at the bottom that you could lower the difficulty. You can put it on easy. And I was like, no, I'm going to play it on normal the way they meant for it to be played. And I just kept at it and kept at it and finally got through it. And I think I feel that simple sense of accomplishment that people who play Dark Souls talk about. You say, yeah, we know this is like a really difficult game for the battles. But when you've completed that sense of accomplishment, it's great. I think I understand that now. Seb is a Lasat. Oh, yeah, there you go, a Lasat. And now, well, I, I need to catch up on Rebels because he was supposed to be the last of his kind, but I think I've heard a rumor that somewhere in Rebels he finds out he's not the last. Yeah, yeah, it is true. I'm, I'm just not now, for the first time, so. <laughs> now, just, just out of curiosity, what what level are you playing? Um, Jedi, Jedi Knight, the, the standard level that it starts you with. Okay, so story story mode. Now, story mode is the easy level. I'm doing a yeah. step above where they meant it for it to be Jedi Knight, which is where you get the challenge. But if you really want to go, you can go Jedi Master and really yeah. make it hard for yourself, which I'm yeah, like, I, okay, I ain't doing I'm that do- yet. I'm doing story level only because I, I want to I wanna see more of the story. And I'm not a, with this type of game, I'm not a huge gamer. So I want to accomplish as much as I can. And then gradually work my way up to the next level. Yeah, I, I tend to do that usually, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to start playing games the first time through on like that that normal level, the way that they mean for you to experience it, and that way, I because I, I part of my thought actually, was I was going to try to platinum this thing, but <laughs> or if I don't you think look, they do this on Jedi Master. They tell you they tell you story level is the recommended level to play it at. Well, if you want to just experience the story, 
then yeah, definitely. But I went with that when you like default level is like that well, step above story mode where it's Jedi yeah. Knight. So and that's that's where I went with. I didn't I didn't uh, lower it or raise it. Although they keep reminding me that I could lower it because I was struggle with that first boss fight. But I figured I'm going to push through. I'm going to learn. I'm going to adapt. I'm going to get better. And I have been. Uh, this every new boss that presents a new challenge. Like uh, I've already had to fight the second sister uh, a second round, uh, which you never get to finish that fight. You you just have to get right. to a certain, you know, do a certain amount of damage, and then something will happen in story mode to separate you, and that's become a more... I don't want to spoil anything for you, but that's become a lot more intriguing storyline with that second sister that showed up. Yeah, so. I, I'm glad I'm glad we see that. I can't wait to, to fight the uh, the brother as well. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm intimidated down, by that. Because the, <laughs> the further on I go in the game, the tougher these bosses get. Yeah, which I it should know. be. Yeah, and you, you haven't gotten to face probably your first purge trooper then yet, have you? No, not yet. Oh, just wait. But I, I am seeing the. Uh, um, it is cool to see the biker scout with the uh, sergeant Papillon on. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, I want that the- action. I want that action figure. <laughs> I want a BD one action figure. I love BD one. Yeah, that's cool as well. Especially, uh, I don't. By Zepho, you it, haven't it, got it a com- chance to really give him an upgrade because when you when you add things to him to give him new abilities, he does this little happy dance on the work table. It's really cute. Well, well BD One, I believe, comes with the Cal Black Series figure. Oh, I haven't seen the Cal figure yet either. Then neat. Well, I think I, want, it comes, I think it comes with that. I want like a big BD One figure that I can fit on my back. Ah. <laughs> Like, even a backpack that's shaped like BD-1 would be fun to wear, like, yeah, playing a Comic-Con yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like having the the droid from uh, Battlefront 2 on your back as well. Yes! That was another yeah, pretty cool droid. Really cool. BD-1 wins wins over that one for cuteness factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to the next thing that uh, probably wouldn't be as spoilery, which... Uh, you know, we're, we'll get in the movie last, although by now probably more people have seen the movie than maybe have finished Mandalorian, but warning everybody now, we're going to be probably a bit spoilery with our full thoughts now that we've seen all eight episodes, and I'm presuming you've both seen all eight episodes now of The Mandalorian, correct? Yep. Yep. So, thoughts. Uh, you go. Let me go first? Yep, yeah. go first, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um... I, I absolutely loved it. I think for me the for for me the the moment that steals the show is, is not the child as it's being referred to instead of Baby Yoda. It's the child. Yeah. Um, it's when we see uh, the moth at the end with the dark saber. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> second second moment is when we see. Um, the Mandalorians drop into the battle at, during chapter three. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is like Death Watch all over again. Sweet. <laughs> it totally was. So Even sweet. When they, when they find him on his home planet there, I was like, that's like Death Watch coming down to save him. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I kind of I kind of did figure it, figure it out early. He, he is not true Mandalorian. Right. Because Mandalore is more of a tribe than uh, a race anymore. Right. 
and, and it's become more of a religion. Yeah. Um, and, and and I love that aspect that in order for it to survive, the culture and everything to survive, they had to um yeah, they had to take the the foundlings and and everything yeah. else because this is the way. Mm-hmm. This is the way. <laughs> and, and, and Quill has spoken. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, this series has given us already two great catchphrases that are all over social media yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between all oh, the yeah. Yoda memes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh goodness. All right, Phil, thoughts. Well, of course, Baby Yoda stole my heart. I mean, I ordered toys and stuff. They'll be on their way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I got my nephews and everything with some. I'm, I'm nuts about Baby Yoda, of course. Well, what, what we're calling Baby Yoda, the child. But I'm, uh, I'm nuts about him. Uh, doggone! He reminds me of uh, one of me and Jeremy's friends' child. Uh, he looks like him, acts like him, sweetheart as all as he is. Uh, but all that being said, the before we even saw the child. I was nuts about it in the very beginning, the first even five minutes of the show. I don't know. But when I saw that we get to see Apollo Creed himself, Carl yeah. Webb, and then whenever the, the door opens up and, and then he ends up cutting that dude in half, you know, I was just like, whoa, I was standing up. I was in it. I was, <laughs> in it. I'm not kidding. You. I was in that show. Yeah. Anything I wanted, you know, and, uh, I saw John Favreau's name. That got me. I mean, there's so much about that thing had me from the moment go. I love that, yeah. that everything looked very familiar, and it had that. Now, say what you will about the new films. I, I do like some of them or things about them, but I really like how this had the old feel. Yeah. The feel of the original uh, Tatooine-ish, even though it wasn't Tatooine in the beginning, but it had that feel of Tatooine at the very, very beginning of the show. Right away, we had it. I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I loved how it had that um, good, the bad, the evil meets yeah. the <laughs> rifleman meets Gunsmoke meets uh, wanted Samurai dead, Jack <laughs> meets uh, Wanted Dead or Alive. And yeah. it, 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 it was that true Western vibe yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. I, this was so, a walk moment. I really did. <laughs> and, and, and for everyone who likes Baby Yoda. Ooh, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Which is, I think, what got my wife hooked when I came home uh, yesterday and she'd been watching it for eight hours. She's every time Baby Yoda on screen, she's like, oh. <laughs> It's a cabbage past kid of the now. It's what it yes, is. Yes, it is. It is. So, so since we're mentioning Baby Yoda, sorry to hijack. What do you think he is? I'm he, waiting to find she, out. He might be a, the clone. Who knows? Clone of who? Possibly Yoda himself. Okay. I'm I'm thinking oh, so fair. because I I haven't spotted it, but I've been told people have been saying that that Imperial uh, guy had some sort of symbol from Camino. Yes. So the, maybe uh, they lost him. They lost the their do- phone. The doctor who I had some people say, oh, it's what's his name from Rogue One? No, that's your original game master from Hunger Games is the doc is the clone doctor. Huh? Never watched the Hunger Games. Well, I tried but, uh, to, but didn't like it. 
but his shoulder on on the right shoulder is the Camino cloning patch. Well, that's where it is. Okay. Yes, it's on the shoulder of his uniform. Now, so let's think about the timeline. The baby is fifty years old. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mandal- Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Yoda's been dead five years. Yeah. If it's a clone of Yoda, this clone was created pre Phantom Menace. Well, if you let's see, would you do the math? Because Luke at probably at the first film was what eighteen. 18 to 20. Yeah, eight, like 18 to 20. Well, let's let's give 20 because it's easier math. The Between Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, there's supposed to be, what, 5, 10 years overall? Uh, Hold on. I had this timeline. Yeah, I looked at that before, but I can't remember at the moment. Well, I'm going to throw it as about, I think it's supposed to be like 10 years. And a minute not that far. So if you take all right, so Luke, if, if it was if twenty at the beginning, you'd take ten years there. There's thirty years, uh, and then if you so you need another twenty years, you put that twenty years before Luke, and you're about the time that the Kaminoans were making a clone army for the Clone Wars. So who's to say they weren't working some other stuff on the side? Because uh, Palpatine was pulling some strings, so maybe this might have been something Palpatine had in the works as a way to create. A force sensitive, and eventually, where he created Snoke, which oh, we're going to jump into some spoilers of the movie. So, this you right. know, this was genetic material because they even mentioned in one of the episodes that they wanted genetic material from the child. So, this was probably part of Palpatine's machinations, eventually, to create Snoke and maybe even try slowly trying to rebuild his own body. Right. Empire takes place three years after A New Hope. Okay, so when does Return of the Jedi take place? That's what I'm trying to find out. Oh, yeah. But we uh, do have, I mean, the 50-year mark would hit somewhere pretty close to the, the Clone Wars. No, it's before the Clone Wars. If you go on their timeline, it's before the Clone Wars. We, we talked about we talked about the, between episodes two and, and three. How much time is supposed to be in between there with the series Clone Wars? We've got, what, like it's, it's ten five years, years? It's like 10 years between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's 10 years, but between Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith, how much time have we got that the Clone Wars series took place? I think that was like five years. Okay, so going back, uh, uh, once we figure out the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's what I'm... Because I'm thinking, you know, the, are this this baby Yoda child still falls within at some point that the Kamino cloners were doing their work building this army when no, maybe nobody knew about. Oh, they don't... <sighs> Come on, what is this? This is when Wikipedia is not helping. <laughs> uh, Wikipedia can't do everything. While you're looking that up, though, I want to mention what my favorite episode was. And I was telling my wife how funny it I think it is when you get into, I can't think what episode number it was, like six, I think. Yeah, I think it was episode six. But you see an actor that you've seen in Batman Begins there is heading up all these uh, criminals, basically. I thought that was funny when we have probably the most Batman scenes in The Mandalorian, especially when the lights are flicking and when the lights are on, you kind of see him, the lights go out and he's gone, and the lights come back, he's gone, then the lights go out and the lights come back on, and there he is, and he's a little bit closer and popping up. 
that is the most Batman thing ever in a Mandalorian, not to mention all the cool gadgets and neat things he does in that episode. Uh, that was a very Batman-like episode in all yeah. ways, and I, I just loved it. It was great. Well, Return, Return, Je- Return of the Jedi. Sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's a lot of great actors making appearances here and there. Yeah. Even yeah. Small actors, big side actors. I can't think of his name right now. Um, was it Brian? I can't think of his last name. He's he's done so many great uh, uh, side characters on sitcoms and all. And you see him on the first episode going out into that. Uh, uh, he drops him off. Uh, and he, he goes out there and gets swallowed up on the ice, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So that's how I knew I was going to just love this show. Because right away, I'm getting shocked upon shocked upon shocked. And I, I just fell for it, man. That, it, it swallowed me whole just like that thing did him. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm very sorry about that. No, no, no. <laughs> so we we said uh, Empire was what? Five years or three years? Three. after three. three years. Okay. Yeah. Return of the Jedi is one year after. So that's one year. Okay. So. After got... Empire. So and Phantom Menace takes place 32 years before A New Hope. So we're talking from Phantom Menace through the events of the Battle of Endor, we're looking at seven years. Then thirty-six years. Thir- yeah. So, so, if the Kaminoans have been cloning for how how long did they start? Because I think it mentions that in episode two, they've been at it for a long time in secret. Right. Well, that would be forty-one years before the show that we're talking about, Mandalorian. If it's five years right. after, yeah. Yep. So. Have you listened to the Dooku book? Nope, Dooku audio book. Really much oh. the new books. There's there's so many stinking books they're putting out. I have barely have time to read all the ones that I've got well, now. You, well, you come to find out in the Dooku book that Dooku and Sifo-Dyas were best friends, mm. and Sifo-Dyas in the book loses his mind mm. and has no control. Easier to and manipulate then. <laughs> if I remember right, Dooku poses as Sif of Dias when he speaks to the Kaminoans Kim, uh, Kaminoans <laughs> about work. cloning. Hmm. Hmm. Who was Dooku's master? Uh, I guess that I thought, oh, that's right. Yoda was his master. Yoda was his master. And they talk about the Padawan trials where his master is chosen Mm. in the book. The book is worth listening to. There is the written form, and the written form is a copy of the script because it's a dramatized book. Oh, cool. So it's a transcript of the book, uh, of of the script. It's basically the the script form of the of what you listen to. And um, so who would be the one who would be able to easily get genetic material of Yoda mm-hmm. to potentially clone to see if they can clone? Yeah. Dooku. Yeah. So there's some potential. And, and Dooku, by the time we see him in Attack of the Clones, has already left the order for quite some time. Yeah. Because... Uh, we find out in the Dooku book that he leaves the order to go take over as ruler of his planet yeah. that he's from, which I don't want to get too much more into the book because I'll really spoil it and I don't want to do that. But it's a great listen. 
I, and I, I've probably said too much as it is, <laughs> but the, the, and it's all narrated by Asajj Ventress as she's going through his holocronicles. Oh, wow. It, it's, it's an amazing book. Do they use the voices from the Clone Wars series? No. Oh, too bad. All new voices. It's just as good. Cool. It's just as good. Well, um, I would mention a good place to probably find the audio of that, but they are no longer a sponsor because Amazon doesn't like my state because of our tax laws. But if you have a warehouse here, you have to pay taxes for it, and uh, Amazon doesn't like that, and so uh, neither does their company that they bought that uh, specializes in audiobooks. So they can stick it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it. But the book is so worth listening to. Yeah. I'll track it down. Yeah. Find time to listen to it at some point. I barely get a chance to listen to podcasts anymore with my, my line of work. <laughs> so, so figure, at this point in time... This is he he clone he's cloned roughly six, seven years before Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. For him to be fifty now. Which fits in perfectly with the Camino clone facilities working on maybe they were looking at developing a clone army of Jedi's and they tried the Yoda yeah. material first to see if the force stuff transfers. And maybe because of all that, it, they couldn't it, advance the process as quickly yeah. as they could with, with the other material. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for season two. I'm afraid we're going to learn fall. so much. Next fall. Which is next fall. That's a, that's a long too far while, away. man. Too that's far like, away. That's at least six months. Oh, well, more than six months, really. That's like eight nine months, months now. Cause it's eight, nine months. January. Yeah. Man. Oh, so we, excited to learn new things. <laughs> Plus, I want to see the maybe some of the early beginnings. We might see the first order coming to be. Which one thing I, I am curious because... Uh, I, I'm still re-watching Rebels. I never finished watching it, but I went and I backed up because I'm pretty sure the planet from Rise of the Skywalker, which I can't think of off the top of my head now. Um, Exeber was it? Well, let's see. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that popped up in Rebels because didn't Maul go there with uh, with uh, Elijah? It's not the right name either. Ezra. So I, I, knew, I was going back so I could watch that again. But uh, I'm thinking, doesn't the Darksaber, isn't that like a significant, like the leadership of the Mandalorians is the holder yes. of the wielder See, of that? So, and, and, and that's the thing that's killed me. I, I've seen so many different articles on a couple of these geek culture sites. And I'm like, you guys should be embarrassed calling yourselves a geek culture site. Yeah. Uh, they're going, oh, with, with, the, with Moff Gideon having the Darksaber, that should show you the, the fate of Sabine. Uh, no, Sabine makes it to the end of the Battle of Endor because she and Ahsoka go off looking for Ezra and Thrawn, mainly Ezra, because at because at the end of Rebels, the the well like things, which I haven't gotten to the end of, of Rebels at this point, so careful. Uh, well, sorry, show's been over for a couple of years. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I just didn't get a chance to watch it, and my DVR got wiped clean, so I'm going back on Disney Plus. There, there's 
in in Rebels, there you'll you'll see what happens with Ezra and Thrawn, and, and what happens with uh, Sabine, Sabine and Ahsoka. It's not Sabine's fate we got to be worried about. It's Bo-Katan's fate, because in season four. Sabine hands the saber over to Bo-Katan, and I'm sorry to spoil that part, but it's important for for the conversation. Yeah. Um, so for Moff Gideon to have it, something happened to, to Bo-Katan. Which might be why good old Mando has some issues with Moff Gideon. Could be. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to learn some stuff. I, I hope Moff Gideon's around for a while to just be a real thorn in the side of good old Mando. Although I guess yeah. we learned his name is uh, Din. Something. I didn't, it was hard to catch. Din, Din Jarn. Yeah. That's so it. got his real name finally. Yes, Although I liked, I liked calling him Mando because I apparently it was a playoff of Manco that Clint Eastwood was called in the second of the trilogy of the man with no name. Yep. Nice yep. tribute. I liked it. <laughs> Yep. But anyways, are we ready to dive into the rise of Skywalker then? Or is there anything else that we want to throw in about Mandalorian? Um I love I love the uh portable um carbonite chamber. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when trapped the guy into it, that was awesome. That was uh that was great. <laughs> Um, and I like that Life Day is now not only canon, but not just a Wookiee holiday, because here's somebody who wasn't a Wookiee who was wanting to celebrate Life Day with his family. Yep. That's the nerdyism, if you want to call it that, of uh, John Favreau. I like how you have fans of, uh, you could say, of our age group, but I like how they, they put all that in there. I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. And the disintegration well, rifle is back. Yeah, that yes. was Life Day, if you will. That was from that show. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love I love the nod to Top Gun as well. Yes, yes. Because when when um, when Mando has taken the the child or rescued the child, yeah, and it's being hunted hunted down by the whole by the other bounty hunter, he he does the uh, the Cobra maneuver, the Cobra breaking maneuver. Oh yes! Throws on the brakes, <laughs> rears up, comes right back down behind him, and fires off. <laughs> that other bounty hunter I found out was John Favreau himself. <laughs> no, the one that saluted to him that was John Favreau himself. The yeah, one. I, the, I, oh yes, 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 yes. And I think I, Taiku, talk, I always mess his I'm name. Talking, up. I think he played the I, IG Eleven in the last episode, I believe, didn't he? Yeah, Taika Taika Waititi. I can never say IG Eleven. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm talking. It's the next episode, episode yeah. four. Oh, yeah, oh. when he's being chased by that bounty hunter through space, oh, and he pulls out. I see. Yeah. 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 That was a great nod. I thought of that immediately, too, but I, I forgot that I'd remembered a Top Gun scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I love Top Gun. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so uh, let's jump into the Rise of Skywalker, because we've only got about uh, 25 minutes left of the show. And we can be as spoiler as we want now. <laughs> but I got to say. All right, then. I know that I've seen some people that for some reason did not like it. Even today, somebody was saying, well, there's three hours of my life I won't get back. And I just, I don't understand what people are having with problems with the film. I mean, granted, I've only seen it once. Maybe if I watch it a second time, I might have a few things that 
Leah will gnaw at me, but, you know, I went in there just wanting to have a good time and watch a Star Wars movie. You know, we bought our lightsaber slushy cups and all this other stuff, and I just had fun. And I, for, I think because I came up with that attitude, I just thoroughly enjoyed everything about that movie. Uh, it's people are overanalyzing. Yeah, just like probably. Over, it's just like they overanalyzed uh, Everything Force Awakens <laughs> and Last Jedi. Yeah. I mean, I, I will I will admit, and uh, Jeremy, you probably heard me mention it over on uh, Wookiee Radio. Last Jedi, I'm the most critical of. Yeah. I love the film, but I'm the most critical of. So, right. yeah, I overanalyzed that film. Because there, there's a lot of things that just bug the crap out of me. Yeah, with but it. If, if you if you look past some of that and you just try to have some fun with it, you can still have a lot of great fun. Watching oh yeah, I, I still had a lot of fun with yeah. it. This film helped fill but, in most of the issues I had with Last yeah. Jedi, but there's still some other things that I had issues with. But for example, um, the whole Ganto bite scene. Sequence. Oh, oh, yeah, that that, that was That's not the last necessary. Jedi, but we can we can leave that behind because right. now we're on the third film. But, the, but this film help fills in some of those gaps of yeah. why why eventually Canto Bite was necessary, even though I still feel it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I accept it more. Um, this I don't the the intro of um of um. Kylo Lando was oh, yeah. awesome. Oh yes, and oh, yes. and for me the the big moment I had that I really loved as as and I felt it was a, a a tribute whether it truly was or not was the Goonies moment. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Okay, I don't know if I caught the Goonies moment. Refresh me. It's where Ray has the Sith dagger and they're at mm-hmm. the the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And she holds it up to find out where the Sith thing oh, is. Oh, yeah, that is totally Goonies. I hadn't thought of that before. Such, oh, a, such a Goonies moment. It was. And now I can totally see Mikey with the little stone thing. Yeah. Look, guys, rich stuff. You know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> fun. Yeah. Uh, oh. The only I, other tribute that I know of that uh, I, I didn't get when I fought, first was watching it until I, I, I heard it mentioned later, but that festival they wandered into that happens every 42 years, it's been 42 years since A New Hope was released. Yep. I was yep. like, oh, that a nice nod. That was pretty cool. Yeah. The only thing I couldn't figure out was the whole rig that Palpatine's on. Yeah, I have seen that before, and I don't know where. Hmm. I have was- seen something similar, and I don't know where. And it's been driving me nuts. What what part was that? Now I guess I missed that. Uh, the, the the apparatus the whole, the- that Palpatine is hooked up to. Oh, uh, whatever is keeping him alive. Well, that looks familiar to me too. But the whole time I was sitting there thinking. What, was it a Star Wars movie or was it something else? Because no. I, I know I've seen it in a film. Was I, I, I want to say I've seen some Ralph McQuarrie sketches of it. Uh, I bet maybe, you have. I was thinking just now about Star Trek, a uh, Star Trek film where they had the Borg lady on something. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't think that's it either. Yeah, I'm almost thinking know. something from Aliens. 
That sounds familiar too. They do. It did have a lot of alien look to it. Either yeah, aliens or Blade creepy. Runner. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. Go ahead. I, I, and how about the best kept secret? Harrison Ford making an appearance oh, that, oh. as a as a as a Kylo memory. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to have been a, him be a Force ghost because I like the implication that since you know even the last shot I gave it, given the implication that. You know, we don't know where all anyone who could be sensitive to force could just come from anywhere, come from obscurity. So I like the idea that, you know, maybe we all join the force as we die, but only those who are especially force sensitive can see someone who can kind of come back and communicate with them. Right. But I like the fact they didn't make Han Solo a force ghost. Right. Well, but he, but, he, but he was a he was a memory, a memory. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he, but he's, I would like to maybe it could still be Han, where Han is not you know like not being force sensitive, becoming one with the force, but just becomes one with the force like everyone does, but not everyone, and maybe it will become visible, but maybe because Kylo was so powerful, he could see his father. No, it it, it was it was set up brilliant as that redemption yeah. moment. Yeah, who, I like who, who, oh yes, it was. Gonna, I was just saying that I would have liked. Who's going to talk him through that redemption moment? Not a yeah. force ghost, but his dad, the, the person he feels guilty for having killed. And he said it, 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 lines, the same lines that he said when he killed him. I love yeah. how such just a basic tone change changed everything. And I thought that mm-hmm. was absolutely yeah. right. Listen, my father, you know, he's no longer with me. He's been gone 10 years this year. And to be completely honest, even though he's not with me, he's with me. And there's times that when I hear in my memory, I hear things my father would have said to me at this time. It helps me through so much. I, I'm a pastor in the church. My dad was a pastor. And that helps me so much. I think, what would my dad said? And that's why that scene meant so much to me, because mm-hmm. I know exactly what he's going through. Exactly. We, 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 I guess, celebrate, if you want to call it that way, uh, the passing of my, of my dad of two years back in september of last year mm-hmm. so i mean we're later this year will be three years um and, and i have the, the same thought and it's like why i was uh, we were talking about a family phone call i had before coming on the show well it was my brother wanted me to give him advice like my dad would mm. and um <laughs> and I, i'm going i'll try but i'm also <laughs> going to give you advice as your brother too and he goes, you know, you're you're saying stuff just like dad would, which tells me, OK, I have a 10 year old daughter. I I'm channeling my dad fairly well <laughs> yeah. to be able to give her the same saintly advice that he gave me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel it that way. Yeah. And, and there are times I hear his voice when out at it's like, why am I hearing this now? Um, and then when I have found his a video of him on YouTube, I'm like, okay, this doesn't sound like him. Yeah. Type thing. And I'm like, okay, this is weird too. It hasn't been that long. I, for, I forget what he sounds like. And that when I do hear his voice, it doesn't sound right. Um, so to have that type of moment, um, I think, and Philip, you know, with you having just lost your dad, I think 
that moment hit me what was touching more uh which is why i said i'm glad it wasn't a force ghost and it shouldn't have been a force ghost yeah um because to me that whole redemption moment with kylo was more of a powerful scene because of that yeah that it's him having that memory it's within his heart and that in that moment of delusion and seeing and seeing the apparition there instead of it being a force ghost just appearing and disappearing because you notice the moment he turns around to look at ray and then turns back that's when he comes back into reality and yeah, it, when and he the feels his mother gone. die right that that moment exactly yeah which I want to get into that too, but one thing I want to point out with with Kylo Ren's uh, change and redemption, I loved John Williams, the maestro himself, took the Kylo Kylo Ren theme and it's like he changed it into a major key, and so you're still hearing it, but you hear it now differently when Kylo would show up or when Ben Solo I, would show up. I, I felt like he he merged the Kylo theme with the Han Solo theme from from the Solo film. Hmm. I have to go back that, and check that. I mean, it, it's not an exact merger, but it's that same. It, it, it's like that tonation. Yeah. While you're missing John Williams, did you notice that John Williams is in the movie? He made I an appearance. That. Yeah, yeah, remember, I know he did. Yeah, you remember at the end when there's that uh, bartender who shakes his head no and looks off a little bit. He looks off, kind of shakes his head. Not at the very end, but uh, he kind of looks oh. off, kind of shakes his head no, like oh heavens. And when I first saw it, I was like, I know that guy. Uh, he kind of had an eye patch. He looked kind of off. And then I, before I went and saw it the fourth time, I looked up on YouTube, and that's who it is. It's John Williams. All right. Now i got to watch again just to look for John Williams. <laughs> so this is, this is, I spotted Anthony Daniels there as a gunner on the Falcon. That Yeah. Uh, it's, there's, no, it's, that's, what, that's Wedge. That's Wedge. It's not Anthony Daniels. That's, that's Wedge. Dennis, that's Dennis I, I swear I saw that's, Anthony Daniels. Yep. Wedge nope, Antilles. Out of costume. That's Wedge Antilles. That's, that's Wedge Antilles. That's uh, Dennis. Was it Dennis Lawson? Yeah, because uh, Wedge was on McGregor's uncle. McGregor's uncle, yes. Yeah, I thought Wedge was on an X-wing. No, he's on the Falcon. He's. I'm not sure which one he's on, but he's there. <laughs> he, he's on the Falcon. That's that's Wedge. All right, so Gunners, I gotta watch it. I thought that I thought Anthony Daniels had gotten a cameo outside of being three PL. Because I swear that's what um, I, I mean, he was like, dead on. I thought, oh, cool, Anthony Daniels, yay! I don't, no, but, I don't believe. No, he, he's that's Wedge in the Gunner spot. Yeah. Mm, all right, I'll have, to, I'll, I'll have to check it out again then. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the bar. Are you? You're talking the bar where we meet uh, Babu Frick, right? Yeah, yeah. John Williams. Okay, 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 okay. I'm yeah, gonna go, watch the movie again. It's where we go. It's where we meet uh, Zara for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember now. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't catch that as being a. Well, me neither. The first time, but I, I, I shook my head. And I was like, I know, I know that guy. I just can't think of who he is. And then before I went to see it the fourth time, I looked it up. I was like, I gotta know who that is when I see him this time. Yeah, and that's who. Yeah, because I knew it wasn't just some accident i because sometimes you watch these things and you see these people like i know that face i just can't place it because it, it didn't yeah. look like them, it did hmm. yeah one major thing i really enjoyed about this film 
is we finally gave Ray like an inner struggle, something where she, and you know, when she's failing a little bit in her training, she's struggling with that, and now she's feeling the temptation and the pull to the dark side. Other than just, you know, Mark Hamill, you know, or having Luke Skywalker, ooh, there's, you seem to have a pull to it. Now she's struggling with it and she's dealing with the temptation. And that moment, where going back to the Kylo Ren scene, where they're, they're dueling and then they both feel Leia passing. And Kylo, he stops and he kind of turns away. And Ray is full on still lashing out in anger and strikes yeah. him down. Because we get a. I mean, because we, we, we've got to establish that she has all this hate for, for Palpatine, who is like the cause of all of her life's problems, really. You know, especially finding out that she's related, you know. So she's got all this anger and hate, and it, it feels like it, that, that was her Luke Skywalker moment where Luke Skywalker cut off his own father's hand. That was her moment where she struck down Kylo Ren, but then she redeems herself by, you know, giving a little bit of her life to save him. Which, right. when you add that into Kylo Ren's, you know, you, no matter what you, you know, his, his issues are with his father, he didn't have near as many issues, I guess, with his mother. And, you know, we saw that in The Last Jedi, where he, he didn't want to fire onto his mother. He knew his mother was on that was on that bridge. And now when his mother's passing, he senses that, and he stops. And, uh, and, and she, but she didn't, I and mean, she felt it. You could tell she felt it, but she still struck him down. And so I like that moment of beginning of redemption where... He sees Ray in a different light after she's healed him, and uh, that whole scene. And then you know when when Ray leaves, and then of course the 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 memory of Han Solo comes back around. It's oh, it was such a just a great scene and moment, and to even get a full redemption of Ben Solo. I mean, because I know uh, probably a lot of people. I know my wife was not happy that Ben had to die. Which, yeah, spoiler warning, but we warned y'all beforehand. But to me, that was the full cycle of redemption like Darth Vader had done. Because Darth Vader's sacrifice wasn't about killing Palpatine. It was about saving his son. Right. And, and so see, this I, was Ben Solo redeeming himself and sacrificing himself to save Rey. See, I, I was fine with, with Kylo dying. Yeah, me ben too. Because I, I didn't like the idea of him being tossed down into that pit. I was like, oh, come on. He can't go out that way. But going out to save Ray and sacrifice himself that way was perfect. Yeah. See, and, and I think they could have very easily named the film Star Wars Redemption. Yes. But that would have been as well. Spoilery. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But yeah, it still, it still been fits. It. Yeah. it still fits, though. Yeah. Right? Rise of Skywalker has really uh, two or three meanings to it. And this, first of all, it ended with her taking the name Skywalker, but also, yeah, right. also in a way for him, because although he doesn't have the last name Skywalker, he is a Skywalker. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Uh, here, here, here's the thing that bothered me with the end of um, we we see the Force Ghost of Luke and Leia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And technically, Leia was not a. Skywalker either, even though she's the daughter of Anakin. She, she is, but she was given she the Organa name as an adoption. How come we didn't see Kylo in the Force Ghost as well? I thought that too, honestly. But I, I don't know if they're just trying to focus on that part of those two lightsabers. I didn't know if that had anything to do with it or not, honestly. Yeah, but I, I think that's what they were doing. <laughs> Because she was bearing their lightsabers and then having a new one of her own to give you that, hey, this story can continue. It's not a Skywalker saga so much anymore, but we got new stories because 
Although I've seen videos, I haven't bothered watching them because I'm like, why are you guys trying to figure this out? It wasn't that difficult. But Finn wanted to be able to tell Ray something, and to me it was pretty obvious with his conversation he has with, I can't remember the character's name, but she was pretty awesome, the other former Stormtroopers, and he's realized that the Force... Huh? Janna. Janna. But they're talking about the Force seems to have freed them from, like, the mind control. I think what Finn was realizing that he is sensitive to the Force, and he feels like maybe he should be trained. And I and I think all these other people who had walked away from being a stormtrooper, the force apparently is strong with them as well. And you've got a whole new class of Jedi for Ray to try to train. That to me is what he wanted to talk to her about. I thought that was fairly obvious, but I think some people are still confused about that. But I'm like, obviously Finn is realizing the force is strong with him, but he doesn't know anything about it. But Ray does now. See so I didn't I, I'm excited I didn't see, for that. I didn't see Jana as having Force being force capable or for or force able. Well, so far we haven't seen Finn really being capable or able, but they've acknowledged uh, that it seemed to actually, be. Actually, I, dis- I disagree. We did. Oh, you know, he did seem to have some moments where he sensed some things, but we don't know Jana very well yet. We don't know that she's had right. had some moments, but you know, you know, Finn has. Yeah, I think he exhibited that he senses some things. He's he's kind of getting awakened to the force at the at this point in there, but he's realized that the force is what set him free. And I think from that conversation we get that that seems to have set Jana free and all of her group right. that was with her seems to have set them all free. So I think they're all sensitive, but it's that slow awakening that they're just now see, starting to I, feel. I think the force awakens was targeted at Finn, and he's the one who has the force awakening. Because remember, look at it that way. You can make that case, yeah. It could be because he because he mm-hmm. almost calls the saber to him at one point in Force Awakens when he goes to defend protect Ray. No, not not there. Uh, I mean, they're still on uh, on um, t- <sighs> Maz's planet. Yeah, Takata. No. Well, doesn't Maz? I have to watch it again. But doesn't Maz give him the lightsaber because Ray didn't take it, and he doesn't have a weapon, and says, "Well, here, use this." But it gets. But the I believe the the riot trooper knocks it out of his hand, and he starts. He puts his hand out for it initially, and you see it slightly tremble, and then he dives towards it. If I remember right, I I could be. I could be delusional, but. No, it could be, but we, it's a pretty good theory anyway. <laughs> but be, between the films, I mean, he senses when Ray's in danger yeah. at times as well. So, I mean, the, he, he has a – he is Force-sensitive. Uh, and, and that's alluded to in the whole trilogy. And that's why I think we could have some more films or a series or something of yeah. Ray in the next generation with Finn and probably all these other Stormtroopers. Maybe even Broom Boy shows up. <laughs> remember, even even in the original trilogy, it's at the end of Empire Strikes Back. When you look at it in retrospect, that's where you see the moment where you realize Leia's force sensitive as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. That is right. She can Luke can call to her. Mm-hmm. That's oh, right. indeed. And I'm, I'm glad we finally got to see that. Yes, indeed. Because I actually had this discussion with a coworker that he's like, "Oh no, Leia's too much of a politician. She didn't have time to train as a Jedi." I said, "Well, of course she did. Thirty years was plenty of time to train as a Jedi." Yep. So, and we got to see some of the training, and that's another series, animated or whatnot. I would love to see is Luke and Leia training, you know, to be a Jedi and stuff, and maybe some <laughs> adventures they might have had together. Yeah, that was comic one. series something. I realize I'm old school. I get called it all the time. I'm fine with that. 
But I loved all the old school nods. Yes, even the goofy Chewbacca gets a, a little, you know, award final. That I loved was brilliant. It. I loved that it. That was brilliant. It was something yeah. we've been waiting for for 42 years. I, I was I was glad <laughs> for it. And then yeah. I was very thrilled too. I mean, even though we saw it in the MTV Awards with, uh, with you know, uh, Carrie Fisher giving one to yeah. him. I was, I was still thrilled just to see one in the film, actually. And yeah. I was also glad to see the little things like uh, that training senior just talking about. It was nice to see the young Luke for a second, the young yeah. Leia. That was nice to see if they did that. There was all sorts of little nods like that so for us geese. Yeah. And seeing <laughs> an old wicket there on Endor. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they had made it a little more clear because it didn't, to my, just getting nerdy for a second, it, it, I didn't think it was as clear enough to, that was him, but I knew it was him. I knew it was, yeah. only because yeah. I knew the actor, and it was him. <laughs> right. But all that being said, I really had a good time. I geeking out again when they were in the Death Star, and you could hear the music of John Williams playing from. Yes. The, oh, I had goosebumps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I, was, I was flipping out. <laughs> I was, and I took it. I took it as some meaning that maybe Ray was feeling. And sensing the because that was some major events, but feeling like the passing of Vader because that's the, mu- the exact music we had was the passing of Vader, and I think she maybe felt like an echo of the Force. So it's one of the things big in the Fallen Order game is you go and you the find these echoes, objects, yeah. these Force echoes, and I bet Ray felt an echo of the passing of of, of uh, Anakin Skywalker, I should say, instead of Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, and then to have that nightmarish vision of herself with the double blade, and we finally got uh, got that. Oh man, I love that whole thing too. Going into that room, if you had seen some like red cloth from one of those guards, <laughs> that would. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh man, I'm just being all geeky now, but still, that was a great scene. I really love that. Yeah, he, it was. He had the vision. Finally, we got to see. We've seen in the preview of her with the double saber. Finally, we got to see that though. That was really really cool. I love yeah. the kind of. Luke's vision in Dagobah. I kind of like that. Yeah, it, it, it that was her Force Cave moment, which was oh, great. Yeah, it really was. Oh. And also, finally, all the things that geeks, and I'll say I didn't complain about it, but I understood their complaint, where they were talking about her not having to train as much and all that. I got to say, J.J. Abrams, I'm not saying this was always the plan. I, I have no idea. But J.J. Abrams knew how to take all of that stuff and make it, at least make some sense. Her being a Palpatine, you can understand it now. Why she didn't need as much training, all that. She right. did make some sense. But mm-hmm. but you know what? If they weren't complaining about that, then fine. Complain about Luke then. Yeah. Because yeah. she got the same amount of training that Luke got from A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Before he meets Yoda. Yeah. She definitely got better training from Leia than she did from Luke. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Because Luke was way too reluctant. Yeah. And I'm glad they redeemed that moment too yeah. with him saying, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> he certainly did. I, I thought that was the best part too. Yeah. I like that he said, I was wrong. And that just kind of took that took care of it. That took yeah. care of it. One thing before we end the show, because we're getting close to the end, I gotta ask Mike about the new add-ons to Star Tours. I've only seen like a little bit of where you actually get to uh, glide across the water, headed to the remains of the Death Star Two. I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't gotten to write it! I, oh my goodness! I am blacked out of studios till the end of March. Oh no! Oh, yeah. So I, I, I haven't even been. I haven't even ridden Rise of Resistance yet. 
Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> That's got to be driving you crazy. It is. It is. Thank you, Wilson, enough. <laughs> yeah. You got like a countdown on your on your calendar going? No, it's one of those I check every month, middle of the month. Okay, what's the next set of blackouts? How far? Oh, man. How far? Uh, so. well, when you get a chance to write it, you got to come back and let us know what you thought. I will. I will. So... And hopefully maybe Eric will have a chance to have checked it out by then. He's trying to get himself over to Walt Disney World, but you know he's got his annual pass, but he's also working for the airline. He just got to get on standby to him and his family to get yeah. over there. So I think he said he was going to try this weekend to get down there again. So who knows? We might have some, some impressions from him as well. So we're working on it because, oh, my gosh, I'm very excited about some of the new things. Every time they add something new to that, it's just exciting. Yes. <laughs> and when I've seen a Rise of Skywalker, it looks so amazing. I, I need to get myself down there. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I'm working on it. But uh, all right, we better wrap this up because we've got an hour. But this has been fun and just, oh, geeking out and just loving Star Wars. It's just nice to have a good, solid, positive Star Wars discussion that I feel like I haven't been able to have since The Last Jedi. <laughs> so, but anyway, so remind everybody where people can find you there. Uh... At Wookie Radio, most places, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, the website's WookieRadio.net. Um, from there, you can link to the Podcast Collective site in which you could check out the other shows as well. And, of course, there are links to Weeby Geeks PC on our website, of course, NeverlandPodcast.com. So follow those links. There's all kinds of shows in that network. There's even a more adult show. The Disney After Dark is on there. So if you don't like how clean and wishy-washy we are, well, not wishy-washy, but how clean and squeaky we are, there is some not-quite-as-clean shows. <laughs> <laughs> Something for everybody. Alrighty, but we'll see you all next time, and of course, may the Force be with you. Always. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast.